welcome to the Mini Transit Mission, an offshore sailing podcast. I'm your host, Peter Gibbonsneff, and this is episode number two. Hope you enjoyed that intro music and feeling pumped up for another episode here. Uh, remember, this is a new podcast, so I'm still working through a few things. We might get on a weekly recording schedule, might not. We'll see how everything goes. There's just so much that I want to cover right now, so I figure it's time to get out another episode. I also apologize for saying so, uh, so many times in the last episode. I realized I use that for just about every transition or filler word. Definitely working on that. And right now, Apple hates me, so I can't upload these episodes to the Apple podcast platform just yet. Uh, I will definitely get to that as soon as I can, though. So for right now, listen to it on Spotify or a few other places, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Today, it is Monday morning, May 1st, 2023, and I am still here in France. Yesterday was a good day. Did some boat work, started cutting out some wood down below on the uh, the boat. So I don't have much wood on the boat, but what I do, there was, uh, see, there was a little platform to hold the EFOI hydrogen fuel cell I used to have, and that wood was installed by the previous owner. Now that I have lithium batteries, I am not allowed to have a hydrogen fuel cell, which is fine. Uh, we'll talk through that later of what I'm switching over to. Uh, but I wanted to cut out some of that wood, and the way it was installed, it was hard to get water out from underneath of it. So it was just a little square platform. So starting to rip that out, uh, which is good. Just knock out another project on the to-do list. Remember that EFOI hydrogen fuel cell, it's still for sale. Reach out to me if you're interested in buying it. Uh, if you're maybe you're a mini over here in France and you want to buy one, uh, definitely let me know. And it is for sale still. After boat work, I knocked out some of my admin work I got to do. Uh, that included for the campaign, secured a date for a presentation after the mini transat. And that will be at Coral Reef Yacht Club in Miami, Florida on February 22nd, 2024. And this is perfect timing if you're a member there and in the area. So after the race finishes in uh, November of this year, Jane and I, uh, my girlfriend Jane, if you don't know her, she has been an awesome supporter of this campaign from the very beginning. And she actually came over for the last double-handed race that we just did the other week and has been a big part of the campaign. Anyways, her and I, we are going to sail the boat from Guadalupe up to Miami this winter after the mini transat. And so being in Miami with the boat, uh, doing a presentation at the Coral Reef Yacht Club, it's going to be perfect timing for everything. So get to share more about the adventure of the race uh, to those uh, to the people in the area there. So really excited, looking forward to that. So thank you, Coral Reef Yacht Club, for inviting me to come talk. Also knocked out some other admin work, uh, Marine Corps related. So if you don't know, I am still a reserve officer in the Marine Corps. Um, and... Of course, one of the annual things you got to do is a fitness report or evaluation. And so had to type up a few notes, cover, you know, talk about what I did during my uh, drills I did this past winter. And for the drills, that basically means I've been, uh, I go go into the Pentagon and support an active duty unit there um, for essentially part-time work. So I used to be there full-time um, the last couple of years while I was on active duty. And now I am a reserve officer there. So it's a great, it was a great way to transition from active duty over to the reserves. And we can definitely talk about that more later. 
Also got a nice little workout in, uh, got a run, and part of that's getting in shape for you know ocean racing, staying in good shape, but then part of that's also for the Marine Corps PFT or physical fitness test that we have to do every year. So I have to run that when I get back, so I'll knock that out this June, and that involves pull-ups, planks, and a three-mile run. So just trying to get uh, get back in shape for that. Now, let's dive into the main topic of this episode. What is the Mini Transat? So this is just episode two, so we're going to just start off with some of the basics, get everyone up to speed, uh, and cover what this race is about, and then some fun facts at the end about it. So despite popular belief, it is not a type of boat. So it's funny, I see in uh, boat listing ads outside of Europe all the time, Mini Transat for sale, or some sort of Mini Transat boat, or something like that, but... It is not a type of boat. Uh, it is actually a solo ocean race across the Atlantic Ocean with the class Mini 650s. And let's break it all down. This race, it's a two-stage race. So the first stage is 1,350 nautical miles. And it departs from Le Sable d'Elon, France. So the west coast of France on the Bay of Biscay. And it, the first leg races to Santa Cruz de la Palma in the Canary Islands. And that's off the west coast of Africa. So La Sable de Alon is an awesome place. We leave from the Vendée Globe pontoon, which is the same dock that the uh, Vendée Globe departs from. And the Vendée Globe is a solo, around-the-world, nonstop ocean race in these big Amoka 60-foot racing machines that almost look like spaceships now. Uh, they go really fast. They're now foiling. It's pretty incredible. But we leave from the exact same dock, the same spot. And it's really, really it just the, the atmosphere there is awesome. They have a big uh, event center, um, like tents set up and everything. And they do all these promotional events leading up to the race, uh, the week of the race. So it's really cool. And if you come and visit, you can see all the boats. You can walk down the pontoon, see all the boats before they leave. It's a really great atmosphere. This first leg, it's a tough leg. So there are a bunch of complex weather systems that have the potential to roll through there. And also a lot of shipping traffic. You have Cape Finisterre, which is off the northwest tip of Spain. And Cape Finisterre is really where the Bay of Biscay and Atlantic Ocean come together in the southwest corner of the Bay of Biscay. And rounding that tip, it's known for a lot of bad, rough weather. Last year rounding it, when I was racing from France to the Azores, I had some great downwind sailing conditions passing it both times. Uh, But it can also get pretty hairy at times. So something definitely to watch out for. This year's race, the Mini Transit, starts September 24th. Keep an eye out for that. And definitely mark your calendar. If you're interested in coming out to France to see the start, let me know. And I can definitely get you set up and give you some tips and recommendations on where to stay or what to see. And it's going to be a great time. The second stage of this race is 2,700 nautical miles. And it goes from the Canaries to the island of Guadeloupe in the Caribbean. We do a restart on October 28th. A couple weeks after the boats get in from the first leg, gives you time to rest, refit, fix anything that broke, and all the boats restart. The finish is in Guadeloupe, and if you're not familiar with that, it's 
essentially south of Antigua and just north of Dominica and Martinique. So right there in the middle of the, the bunch of islands in the Caribbean. And this route is all about following the southern trade wind routes across the North Atlantic gyre. So downwind racing or reaching and really good current. And that's what these boats are all designed for. It's designed for this downwind sailing. For an ETA, the first leg could take about 7 to 10 days. The second leg might take around 2 weeks, but it really depends all on the weather conditions. Whether it's going to be, you know, for the first, especially for the first leg, if you have a lot of upwind sailing, it could take a lot longer if it's light air or if you have bad weather. Uh, last year, the first leg, there was a big depression that rolled in, and it actually caused a lot of the fleet to have to stop and pull into port, and this caused a lot of issues which, you know, it's interesting talking to the other sailors or if you listen to some other podcasts or interviews that people did the mini trains at last time in 2021. Uh, there was actually a lot of uh, Regis um, filings. And essentially what they, the race committee ended up doing was if you were south of a certain latitude or far, far enough away from this one depression, you could keep on racing uh, in that first leg. And if not, you had to pull into port, potentially. It was a little unclear sometimes for some boats. Some boats stayed out. Some boats pulled in. So essentially, the, the boats that pulled back in, pulled into port for a day, they essentially got a 24-hour time correction uh, for pulling into port, as the race committee recommended, which definitely caused uh, some scoring concerns. But I'll, I'll leave that up for the, uh, the competitors that race in that race to talk more about that. But it was definitely a challenging weather conditions for that uh, that race. And then the second leg, uh, the trade wind shut off. So it went a lot longer than expected. Uh, that race also dealt with a volcano in the Canaries. If you remember, there was that volcano that went off. It erupted, I think, like a week before the start of the main transat. And even when they departed for that first leg, they didn't know if they were going to be able to finish on the island. So... As they're coming up to the island, they were told whether they could pull in or if they had to go to another island. And then there was also the rioting in Guadeloupe from the COVID uh, restrictions, which meant when the boats came in for the finish in Guadeloupe, they didn't have a lot of the normal uh, social events. And a lot of the people couldn't actually even see their boats for a couple of days at a time because they, the, the island was essentially shut down because of this rioting. Really tough 2021 race. Uh, you know, I wanted to be out there for it, but I think everything was, has worked out by missing that race, having more time to prepare, and going into this 2023 Mini Transit stronger and more prepared than ever before. Now, it's funny. I tried finding the results for this race to try to give you some more times, exact times, but the website's shut down right now for the Mini Transit. I believe it's possibly because I know they're under new race management. It was definitely unplanned. It was uh, a really sad and unfortunate event. The last race organizer for the main transat um, um, passed away from a long-term illness earlier this year. So definitely fully understand it's taking them time to rebuild the website, start the, get this new race management, but the race is definitely going on this year. They just have a few things they're working out, but it's also a classic that I can't find the information I'm looking for, for this event. Uh, it's sometimes it's hard finding information on the mini transat or some of these mini races. 
you know, you want to try to find some historical data, but it's just not always easy to find or even posted. So also not surprised right now. So some fun facts about the main transat. In 1977, this race started, and it's been going on every other year since that time. So far, there's been uh, 15 Americans that have started the race and 12 that have finished. And in 1979, uh, Norton Smith, he actually won this race. So the second running of the Mini Transat, an American won it. Pretty cool stuff. Remember, the Mini Transat this year starts September 24th. Keep an eye out for more updates uh, along the way as we get closer. And there should be 90 boats on the starting line. There was over 150 boats that pre-registered, and they only have 90 slots. So they actually turn boats away that are fully qualified. And those 90 boats, they're broken down into prototypes and series boats or production boats. But we'll get into that next episode and break that all down further. Let's talk about some current events in the mini fleet. So on the Atlantic side, as I mentioned in the last episode, La Pornichette Select started on Saturday, April 29th, and 87 minis crossed the starting line for this 300 nautical miles solo race. It was pretty cool. I watched it on YouTube. I got to watch it live through the Offshore Social Club. Check them out on YouTube and Facebook Live. And they've been doing a great job of posting, uh, sharing the starts with uh, for a lot of these mini races. Unfortunately, the start was a bit light. I mean, enough enough for the boats to move, but definitely a light wind start. The first leg for these races are generally upwind. A lot of times they'll set a drop mark about one nautical mile away from the starting line. And that's how this race was. So the first leg was a uh, beat upwind. And they generally do an inshore course for the first couple hours of a lot of these races, which is great to see. You know, it's fun to see the the live videos of the starts and seeing the boats have some really close racing before they set offshore. The first, after doing that inshore course, the first uh, part of the race was a, either a reach or upwind initially, and definitely on the lighter side. Then it was downwind throughout the first night. And then coming into Sunday, on Sunday, the boats had a long 75 nautical mile leg upwind, which that's a long upwind leg in these minis. These, these boats do not like going upwind. Uh, they, they do it decently well. They've been getting better, but it's not a fun point of sail, especially in the light air when you have current against you. Uh, as of this recording at about 10 o'clock on Monday morning, uh, some of the boats are still going upwind. But a lot of the boats have been going downwind for the final 50-mile leg uh, to the finish line. And then also right now, five boats have finished um, as of this recording. So in the next episode, we'll go through, break down some of the finishes, see how the boats did. Uh, it's pretty interesting seeing the you know what boats finished first or the top, the top few boats, uh, see how the protos do, the series do, and overall. And then there's also been eight boats that have dropped out. I was looking on the tracker on Yellow Brick, uh, which you can check out, and it looked like some of them had noted collisions. Uh, could potentially be collisions with each other. Could be collisions with other things out there. Not sure. Um, always hate to see boats dropping out, but also not not super surprised, especially in the uh, beginning of the season. Boats are starting to, you know, they're getting put through their paces. The sailors are getting put through their paces. So not necessarily surprised uh, that there's a few boats that dropped out. Uh, but yeah, we're at eight right now.
outside of the mini racing, there's also another big race that just started on Sunday. So the Transat Paprec, uh, it started in Concarneau, which is also, it's probably about an hour and a half drive northwest of where I'm at right now along the coast. And it departed from Concarneau and it's going towards St. Bart's in the Caribbean with 11 boats. And they're all the Figaro 3s. So these are 32-foot uh, production style racing boats. They have foils on them. If you've seen, they don't really foil like all the time that great, uh, but they have foils and that's really the next step up from the minis. So the minis is a big feeder class into the Figaro threes and the Figaro's, they have a big, really important race every year at the end of the summer or early fall um, called the solitaire. And this is really the big first like professional group of racing boats, uh, racing class within the French offshore solo sailing circuit. And this one, so it's a double-handed race for this, and it's a mixed event as well. So male and female on each boat. So it'll be fun to track them, see how they do, and definitely uh, see how they go across the Atlantic Ocean. Now, with that all out of the way, let's talk a little bit about U.S. Patriot sailing. They've been doing some great things back at home. As you heard in the last episode, this nonprofit organization supports veterans through sailing. And this past weekend, they hosted a Safety at Sea training event. So that was on Saturday in Solomons, Maryland. And with that, they had 16 of our team members qualified. So for that, the first person's online and... They go through a full online training course uh, provided, I'm guessing, U.S. Sailing or some one of the sailing organizations that puts on the Safety at Sea seminars. Uh, so there's a lot of great information online about offshore sailing, racing, cruising, lessons learned, things that really improve uh, everything related to going offshore. But then the second part is in person, and that's what the U S Patriot sailing team hosted. And for that, they do everything from jumping in the water. They deploy a life raft and get in the life raft. They fight a fire with fire extinguishers and shoot flares and really have that hands-on experience for the safety and the training aspect of it. From what I heard, everything went great with that. Really excited to see the team grow together, share some knowledge. And that's what really this team's all about. And then also we had at the Naples Spring Boat Show this past weekend, U.S. Patriot uh, was there and Ronnie Simpson, one of our team members, was there with his Open 50. He just recently acquired this earlier this year. I believe it's a 1994 Open 50. And he is getting ready to race in the Global Solo Challenge, which starts this October from Spain. For that, he's racing solo nonstop around the world against a lot of other boats. So really excited to see him uh, pursue this adventure. He is a uh, former Marine, retired, medically retired Marine, uh, got out in 2004 um, after being injured in Iraq and has been sailing really ever since and has been with the team for a while now. And really, really great to see the things that he's doing um, to raise awareness for this team as well with his ocean racing project there. That's it for episode number two. If you want to support this campaign, remember you can donate through uspatriotsailing.org or th- 
through my GoFundMe page. You can find all those also through my website at pgnoceanracing.com. Make sure to sign up for my email updates. If you're listening to this on Spotify or wherever you listen, definitely hit the follow or subscribe buttons and leave a review. It really helps. You can follow me on social media with Facebook, Instagram, YouTube at pgnoceanracing.com. And let me know what you want to hear about. Feel free to send me an email or reach out to me on social media. Uh, My email address is peter at pgnoceanracing.com. With that, thank you for listening to the Mini Transit Mission and Offshore Sailing Podcast.